1: Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. Start your
0: engine! For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, let's go out there and have a good day. All right, bud. Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. Eleven oh three here on WGR Sports Radio five fifty, and welcome to another edition of. WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening, as always. And, well, there's no NASCAR race today. In case you haven't heard, uh, today's STP 500 at the Martinsville Speedway in Martinsville, Virginia, has been postponed due to weather. And if you have not been uh, maybe following along on, on Twitter this morning, the race has not been rained out, it's been snowed out. Yes, the Martinsville, Virginia area has received I don't know, a good five, six, maybe even eight inches of snow overnight. And yeah, we're not racing today because the track and the ground surrounding the track at the Martinsville Speedway are covered. We're covered in snow last night, and uh, the race has been postponed. Actually, not only today's cup race, but the truck race, which was supposed to run yesterday, got rained slash snowed out. That was supposed to run today after the cup race. That's been postponed too as well. So you've got a Monday doubleheader of NASCAR racing now to... uh pretend while you're working tomorrow you can you know flip on uh, MRN or, or uh Fox uh, Fox Sports go on your phone tomorrow and uh watch or listen to the race that way tomorrow because you'll get both the truck race and the cup race uh tomorrow as the race has been snowed out at Martinsville a maybe not a first I don't I I don't think it's maybe the first snow out in NASCAR actually I know it's not the first snow out in NASCAR history but it's it's the first one in a long time uh two other snow Memories come to mind when it comes to, to NASCAR. Uh, first one was about, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. I was actually working here at the time. I was actually, I think I was running show up in the Bulldog that day, and it was cup qualifying at Bristol, and I had it on in, in the control room when I was running show up in the Bulldog that day, and the, it snowed at Bristol and the, a snowball war had broken out between the fans in the stands and the crews on pit road during the weather delay for the qualifying at Bristol. And then, of course, the, the other snowed out race that I actually do remember is. Almost 25 years ago to the day that they ran the makeup date for it, March 20th, 1993, the race at Atlanta was supposed to be run on March 14th, but there was a massive blizzard on the East Coast that weekend, and the race was snowed out, and they had to run it a week later on uh, March 20th, 1993. And uh, Morgan Shepard won that race. Morgan, his final Cup win, uh, driving for uh, his final Cup win, uh, driving for the Wood Brothers, and well, Morgan is still racing to this very day at 76 years of age, trying to qualify for Xfinity Series races. Uh, but yeah, that's the the last time, off the top of my head, that that NASCARs had a race snowed out uh, for for Cup racing. And again, today's race at Martinsville. Uh, Also snowed out. It's pretty amazing. If you've not seen uh, any of the tweets yet uh, on Twitter from anybody in the NASCAR community that's at the track this weekend, check it out. Uh, Stuart Friesen, who of course is running the truck race uh, this weekend, uh, he was posting some videos last night. They had a street sweeper on the track kind of, I guess, trying to move the snow. It wasn't really plowing it because it was a street sweeper, but kind of pushing the snow. (laughs) And then uh, Ricky Stenhouse and Kyle Larson had some good dirt track jokes out of this because the way they were they were kind of moving the snow again. I don't they didn't see any snow plows. I don't know if they just they didn't have the available plows in Martinsville to, to plow the track or they were afraid of damaging the track, so they kind of were using street sweepers and maybe even some of those air titans to try and move the snow around. And they were like clearing the groove of the racetrack first and kind of pushing the sh- the snow to the outer edges of the banking in the corners. And it was almost like a dirt track because they had all the snow piled up at the, on the high side of the corner. So it was almost like they were building the cushion of a dirt track. So, of course, Kyle Larson and Ricky Stenhouse, being the sprint car guys that they are, were uh, you know throwing jokes out on Twitter about uh, building the cushion. And actually, Stenhouse was uh, in one of the trucks clearing the snow and, and went along for a ride and uh, had some video on Twitter last night. And then also... Uh, Bubba Wallace too had had a few pictures uh, during the the bulk of the snow. It fell. It was kind of falling right around midnight, one o'clock this morning, is when I, it looked like the bulk of the snow uh was out I was uh, still up at that time seeing some of the tweets come in and then waking up this morning to to the uh notification from NASCAR at about 7:30 this morning that the race had been postponed so but most of this the snow came uh during the early overnight hours and just hasn't had a chance to clear out but uh the place is under several inches the seeing shots of the grandstands also covered in snow they need to hire some of those folks that the bills get when they need to shovel out new era field they need to do that get the guys with the shovels out there to clear out the, uh, out the bleachers there at Martinsville Speedway. And, and it's, it's not just the track to part of the reason for postponing the race. The whole area, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, we get five, six inches of snow. Yes, some people forget how to drive, but that's about it. We It doesn't shut the whole, it doesn't shut the whole community down. But down there, they're not used to getting that much snow. So the whole place is, you know, the whole area is probably, uh, not shut down, it just paralyzed at the moment. Although some reports, I saw some reports that the roads weren't too terrible getting to the racetrack. Some of the media people that got to the track this morning. However, though, with the snow and uh, falling on the trees, there's a lot of power outages in the Martinsville area. So I think another reason not just having to get the track cleared off. Uh, there in Martinsville they're also they don't want to take away resources from the community so they can deal with all the other emergencies that are related to this with the power outages and maybe other, other emergencies because you know hosting a NASCAR race while the folks at Martinsville in that that community has plenty of experience holding NASCAR races I'm sure they have it down pat a system where they you know f- using the town's resources and the area's resources for getting people in and out of the track and everything they, they're I'm sure they're thankful that NASCAR is Postponed today so they can divert more attention to any real emergencies in their community today as well. Uh, with the snow, and again seeing reports of some power outages, and also just the a lot of the parking lots are a mess out there at the racetrack too. So it's just uh, it's a bad, bad side, uh, bad scene all around down the, down there at Martinsville. So they'll try again tomorrow, and uh, it'll be eleven o'clock for the trucks. Uh, they're going to go green just after eleven. They they got about twenty five laps in yesterday, and then the rains, and, and which eventually turned to snow, came in and they washed out the race yesterday. So they'll pick up at about lap twenty five or wherever they are. And then the cup race is scheduled to start around 2 o'clock uh, tomorrow, depending on if the truck race starts on time and how long that goes and everything. But uh, it's crazy scene down there just seeing all the pictures. You don't expect to, to see a, a racetrack covered in snow on race day, but it has happened. And uh, so no NASCAR racing today. Uh, phone lines are open, 803-0551. if you just want to react to what you've been seeing about the conditions down there in Martinsville or just what you think here five races into the Monster Energy Cup Series season Uh, feel free, phone lines are open for you We're hoping to try again with Robert Wickens this morning. Uh, Robert's uh, no-showed us last Sunday, the IndyCar rookie that uh, nearly won his first ever IndyCar start a couple weeks ago at St. Petersburg. We'll hopefully talk to him in a couple of minutes. If not, we'll press on without him. Also, at the bottom of the hour, uh, former world champion in pro-modified drag racing, Mike Janis, will join us from Janssen Racing Engines. Out there on Transit Road, Uh, Mike having a great start to his pro-modified NHRA season last weekend at Gainesville, Florida. For the Gator Nationals Went to the finals of Pro Mod Lost in the finals, unfortunately, to Ricky Smith But uh, still a great start to, to qualify for the field And then all, make it all the way to the final round And coming up just short uh, To maybe the one of the few Pro Mod drivers That are more accomplished than Mike Is Ricky Smith And uh, we'll talk to Mike at the bottom of the hour Just get his thoughts on the start to his season Got to ask him about racing in Qatar A couple of months ago And, and just uh, maybe what's going down At Jensen Racing Engines in Elma. So we'll talk to Mike at the bottom of the hour. You can also tweet us here this morning. We're on Twitter uh, at FastTrack550 and uh, Facebook.com slash track as well too uh, for you to join us this morning. But uh, again, no NASCAR race today. And uh, I'll tell you what, you think Bills and Sabres fans can get crabby after a loss or uh, the, the anti-tank uh, crowd can get getting crabby on twitter you should see nascar fans when a race gets canceled there is just this level of meanness and nastiness i mean it's twitter so i guess it should be expected but there is just a contingent of the nascar fan base that is just downright miserable when a race gets postponed and just seeing some of the tweets in responses to some people including those at nascar from the announcement of the race being canceled people just tearing them up on Twitter. It's just uh, shameful, the, the tone of some of these people that uh, that are upset that whether they were going to the race or the race was going to be on TV and they're, they're upset for a handful of reasons, whether it's they, they can't go to the race tomorrow because they have tickets today but they have to go to work tomorrow, which which is all understandable, but just uh, the, the level of meanness and nastiness is just unbelievable uh, f- from the NASCAR fan base on social media this morning. Uh, I will say one thing, and it It is worth mentioning with the rescheduling, and that is the fact that Martinsville now has lights, too, Uh, and we haven't seen it for a NASCAR race yet. Uh, They did run their big uh, 300 lap late model race last September under the lights. It was the first time ever. Uh, They just recently installed these brand new LED lights at, at the Martinsville Speedway there in Virginia. So they do have it. Actually, I was really excited because the original rescheduled time for the truck race was tonight. They were going to run it at seven o'clock tonight. And so that would have been awesome to watch the trucks under the lights. That would have been a spectacular sight, I think, to have seen that. So unfortunately, we didn't get that tonight. Um, so we'll have to run them tomorrow morning, but there is the, the question then out there. Why not try and run uh, maybe not both races Monday night, but maybe instead of running them during the day when so many people are at work, uh, try and run the races in the evening. Maybe run the trucks, trucks or or the cup race. Run that at five o'clock or something, and then r- run the second race uh at night. So a it's on primetime television, and b it is under the lights for uh, that spectacle. Um. That uh, to see the under the lights microphone um, uh, to run it under the lights. Now, the fan in me would love to see that, but um, the realist in me realizes that when NASCAR is already uh, postponing a race to Monday. Uh, it, It's already a loss, and the goal is just to get the show in and get everybody out of there and move on to the next one. But again, So I understand why they want to just run it early and get it over with, but it would have been fun to see that uh, run them under the lights tomorrow. So we'll talk more about that in a minute. Right now, though, we're going to go to the hotline and bring in uh driver of the Lucas Oil IndyCar for Schmidt-Peterson Racing, rookie in the Verizon IndyCar Series. Robert Wickens joins us on the line. Robert, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning.
2: How you guys
0: doing? Doing great. Uh, first off, just congratulations on a, a great start to your uh, IndyCar career. Although you didn't get the finish you would have liked, still awesome to qualify on the pole and, and be lead the most laps a couple weeks ago there at St. Petersburg. and uh, Just a disappointing finish, but still a great way to start off your IndyCar, IndyCar career.
2: No, you're right. I mean, there's still so many positives to take away from it. Obviously, as a driver, you, you want to get that win at the end, but it's. Uh, I think for for my debut race in IndyCar, I think uh, it went very well.
0: I think the most amazing thing was that when you won the poll on Saturday, a lot of people didn't know your name, but by the end of that race, and then the fans chanting for you as your car got towed off at the end of the race, what a! Uh, it was almost like a movie, I guess you could say, the way uh, people got behind you, and after finding out who you are and cheering for you and everything. Uh, it, it had to be a quite a feeling just to see everybody get behind you with your performance.
2: Yeah, honestly, it was incredible. I mean, I've always heard that the IndyCar fans are, are so passionate and, and so supportive and racing in Europe for the last uh better part of a decade and racing in uh in D T M with Mercedes, they also have some good fans, but mm-hmm. there's something different about IndyCar, you know, like it was actually kinda of funny. Like I was I was walking back to the pits and I just wanted to be mad. <laughs> Um, and then everyone was just chanting my name and, like, clapping for me, and it was, like, putting a smile on my face. I was <laughs> like, guys, like, stop. I want to be mad.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. It was, mad. Um, it was It was honestly it was such an incredible experience. I mean, I've, I've never felt that. I've never had kind of a whole grandstand chanting my name before, which, you know, it brought goosebumps.
0: Uh, yeah, that was it. Was quite it, it was great. I guess somewhat better end of your day than how it was going. And like you said, it, it put you in a good mood and got you out of being upset. But obviously, you, uh, upset with, with the way t- things turned out as you and Alexander Rossi got together there on the last lap. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks. Have have you tried to reach out to Alexander? Has he tried to reach out to you? Have you guys tried to talk things? Or are you going to maybe wait till next week? Uh, in a couple of weeks at Phoenix to talk to him?
2: Well, you know, like that's the problem with. Uh, with racing is it's such a, a close knit community.
0: Sure. You
2: know, you can kind of relate it to a sibling. Mm-hmm. You're going to, you're going to have your, your things here and there, your arguments, but you're still going to sit at the same dinner table and, and have a meal. <laughs> um, you know, you might not talk, but you'll, but you'll be there. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, you know, it, it's tough because Alex and I, um, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for him off track, mm-hmm. I don't particularly respect what he did on track in that scenario. But, uh, You know, I I think in in hindsight, uh, I think he could have handled himself a little bit better in the press. Uh, He did send me a text, which I wouldn't say was a heartfelt apology, but he definitely kind of acknowledged what happened. Um, But then he was just turning around in the press and still blaming me, which I didn't particularly appreciate. So to be honest, we we haven't really spoken Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's ironic. We we train at the same gym, and for some reason, our, our schedules haven't synced, so we actually haven't trained with each other since Saint <laughs> Pete. But it's uh, no. I mean, I'm I'm sure we're going to get over it. I'm sure it's going to be you know sure the past and and move forward. But it's still uh, it still stings every time it comes back up.
0: I understand. I understand. Robert Robert Wickens joining us. Indy Car rookie here on WGR's Fast Track. Uh, back to the on track. Performance, Robert. Uh, were you surprised how well you performed last week? Did that you would uh, just be able to get right in the mix so quickly in your first race? Did you, was this, uh, was this an expected outcome qualifying on the pole leading the most ma- laps? Did you think maybe uh, a week before St. Pete that you could accomplish that going into your first race?
2: Um, it definitely wasn't expected. Uh, I also, I'm a believer of don't like, just don't expect anything. Mm hmm. Um, so I feel like if you have expectations, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure if you don't achieve it. Sure. Um, so my whole thought process going into my rookie race was I was just gonna um, live every session, you know, do the the practices, do the you know debriefs, work on the car, just kind of run through the the things that needs to be done, and kind of take it step by step, and and just enjoy it. You know, you yeah. only get one first IndyCar race. Sure. I just wanted to take everything in and, and just, regardless of how something happened, just to be positive and to be happy and just kind of just live the, the whole experience of, of your, of your debut IndyCar race. And luckily, um, luckily the pace was there, which made it a lot more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. But uh, to answer your question, like the week before St. Pete, did I expect to put it on pole and, and leave, and lead the most laps in the race? Absolutely not. But, um, I know I'm a competitive driver, I know I'm a good driver, and i I knew, had some faith in my team, and I knew we we had a chance yeah um, I was just hoping to be competitive and my my I had actually made two goals for myself uh ahead of the race weekend. one was to finish in the top ten mm-hmm. which, which I didn't do and uh, and the second one was to uh finish every lap of my rookie race, which I also didn't do, unfortunately, right but uh you know but that's just one of those things like you set goals for yourself and you know sure i didn't achieve the two goals i had set, but i also surpassed unthinkable things sure i qualified pole in my first race and led 70 of 110 laps yeah you know it's even though i did, i i ran 109 of the 110 laps I mm. so, you
0: know, almost almost got there yeah uh robert you you maybe have a little bit of an advantage cuz you didn't drive the uh, You don't have much experience with the old IndyCar, the old aero package that all the veterans have. So you maybe didn't have to make the adjustments that those guys had coming into this year with the new aero package and everything. But with that being said, how much from your experience in uh, the cars you race in Europe and and the DTM, how much of your driving style did you have to adjust uh, getting behind the wheel of an IndyCar this year compared to what you used to drive?
2: Well, the the thing about race cars, which uh, I think the the average spectator doesn't understand, is uh, understanding the tire mm-hmm. and getting the the most grip from the tire as a driver. It, it's like this unknown science. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like having, you know, I, I joke around and saying, you know, tires are are like a, a needy girlfriend. <laughs> you know, you'll you'll do something right and you'll get grip in one corner, but you don't know what you did. And, <laughs> You can't really do it again, but, you know, the tire like this, you're like, oh, great. <laughs> and, you, and you keep keep doing that. And then also you try to do the same thing again and it doesn't work. And then you have to find a new way to get grip from it. <laughs> it's, uh, the, the thing, like, as a rookie this year, the universal aero kits are definitely, it's one less disadvantage that a rookie has. Yeah. You know, we, we still have to learn the tracks.
1: We mm-hmm.
2: to, I'm still trying to learn the car fully. I feel like I'm not fully on top of it yet. Mm. Um, so, I think one thing where the veterans have a massive advantage over the rookies right now is just the, the tire knowledge of knowing what these Firestones like uh, to go quick. Mm-hmm. And coming from where I've been in, in, for the past six years, it's a uh, 100% different philosophy of how to drive the car. And it's a constant adjustment. I'm constantly, before every turn, thinking of how I, changing my method of how I like to drive to, to better suit the tire. Um, and then to add another fork into the mix, you know, they, um, on race weekends for, for qualifying and for the races, we get a red compound, softer, faster tire that wears off quickly. But we don't get to run that all through testing. So my first time ever using that softer tire was in qualifying in St. Pete, mm-hmm. and uh, luckily it worked out there. But who's to say at the next one I might get it wrong? So it's uh, it's tough, you know. <laughs> definitely not having to adjust to the new car is that like the rookies. We're just learning a new car.
0: Gotcha. Having yeah.
2: to rethink how the IndyCar likes to drive. Yeah. We're learning the IndyCar likes everyone else. So in that sense, it's it's one less disadvantage. You know, I, I've been saying that all along. I don't think it's an advantage for us, mm. but it's definitely one less disadvantage for a rookie because we it's just one less. It's just one equal playing field that that everyone has to do.
0: At least your tires can't text you. What are you doing when you're hanging out with your friends, though? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Where are you? Good
0: <laughs> Uh I I know time is short but real quick uh going into uh, Phoenix ISM Raceway in a couple of weeks uh I know you probably lack experience on oval tracks com- compared to some of your fellow competitors but you've done a test there I believe and a test at Texas uh how comfortable do you feel with an oval track setup going into Phoenix in a couple of weeks?
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a work in progress. You know, I, I I'm definitely a lot more confident on the road courses because it's, it's just what I'm most used to and mm. Until the uh, Phoenix open test that we had in February, I had never even driven a lap on an oval in my entire life. Um, so it was, a, it was a it was a new experience. But uh, needless to say, we uh, you know we, we got through the programs, and I'm, I'm getting there step by step. But hopefully, uh, the race weekend goes well. And I think that's another one because it's I'm treating Phoenix as kind of my first IndyCar race again because yeah. the oval is going to be so different to what we did in St. Pete that I'm kind of just, again, going to take it step by step and kind of take it all in, and hopefully I can look back on after the race is done Saturday night and, and have a smile on my face.
0: Uh, last thing before we let you go, of course, your team, Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports, has partnered up with New Era this year, and they're headquartered right here in Buffalo, and I believe you you and your teammate James Hinchcliffe were here a f- few months back uh, doing some designing, some merch and some apparel. Uh, what is the, What was that experience like working with the folks from New New Era?
2: It's incredible. I mean, everyone there, you know. I, I've I've been a, a hat guy my entire life. Um, love them, wear them all the time, um, and obviously always New Era because they're the king of past as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, partnering with them was huge, and getting uh, invited over the first week of January to to see the headquarters and go see the flagship, get a tour of the of the place. You know, the the building that it's based in. It's so cool and so unique. The old Federal Bank. Yeah. And uh, we've got a tour with a historian and kind of, like, run through the paces of what the building was and seeing, you know, all the designers, how they kind of make the sample hats. The, the store that they have there is phenomenal. And, you know, I, I've been to Buffalo a few times um, because I'm just a huge hockey fan. Sometimes <laughs> it's way cheaper to catch a Sabres game than just to catch a Leaf. Oh, you're one of those Leaf fans? I'm <laughs> <laughs> against the Leafs. We'll just kind of, like, every now and then, my buddies will we'll try to get down to Buffalo and just... Watch a hockey game because we just love the sport. So <laughs> well, I do think that the Leafs are playing Buffalo on on Monday,
0: aren't they? Yeah, there's I they play like four times in like a month. There's still two more games at the ACC between the Sabers and Leafs. Well,
2: hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll be a good little rivalry. <laughs> I
0: I went to uh, what was it a week the the last one here in Buffalo and when the Sabers scored, I was the only one in my section standing up cheering because it was all blue and white around me.
2: It's insane. I mean, like Leaf Nation is just expanding. You know, you watch any game in Florida, and there's more blue and white than there is any other jersey.
0: Yeah, the only,
2: <laughs> one, the only one where it blends in is Tampa because they're all <laughs> blue and white.
0: <laughs> yep, you're right. Well, Robert, uh, I appreciate the time uh, on an off weekend. Uh next time you're coming to a Sabres game, you know, shoot me a tweet. I'll I'll buy you a beer and uh g- good luck at Phoenix in a couple of weeks and the rest of your rookie season. Look forward to maybe seeing you up in Toronto later this summer and uh best of luck here throughout your rookie year.
2: All right, thanks. I'm definitely going to take you up
0: on that. All right, sounds good. Robert Wickens, IndyCar driver for Schmidt Peterson Motorsports, uh pilots of Lucas Oil, uh number 6 for Schmidt Peterson Motorsports who are partnered up with the folks at New Era Cap and one of those Canadians that buy up buy all y- for all you Sabres season ticket holders, he he's one of those guys that buys your tickets <laughs> that is uh that uh they-, they come to town to watch those games. All right, we get back, uh we'll switch from uh rights and lefts to just straight line racing because we're going to have Mike Janis, Pro Modified driver, joining us up next here on Fast Track. Hey guys, this is Trevor Bain, driver of the number 6 Ford for Rouse Fumo Racing. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. 11.34 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. (laughs) I just got it. (laughs) Very good, Mike. <laughs> let Light, it like that. Let it snow. I'm like, what is this classy music he's playing? And then I heard, finally heard the tune there, just as I started talking. Yes, NASCAR snowed out in Martinsville, Virginia, and during the break, sliding into my DMs, as the kids like to say, Michael Prunta for Watkins Glen checked in via Twitter, saying he's the at the track uh this morning and he is watching the snow removal. And he says, not as good as the racing. And I had to ask if he was giving a. Martinsville track president Clay Campbell, some tips on how to shuffle out there. And actually, and I'm, Mike's messaged me back trying to confirm this, but I think the Glen had a race not too long ago where it snowed. Um. They had a, a late April or, or a May. It was probably a late April race. It I don't. It wasn't one of their major events. Like the, it wasn't definitely not the Salem Six Hours, and obviously not the NASCAR race. But they had a, a sports car event, I believe, not too long ago that it snowed during it, and they were racing in the snow there. Or it might have even been like an October race or something. I'm trying to remember. And maybe Michael message me back here before we're off the air. But uh, the Glen had some snow. But luckily for Michael Prince up and the folks at Watkins Glen, uh, I think snow will be on the the least of their concerns for there uh goal at the Glen race coming up in August at Watkins Glen International but uh thanks uh, My, uh Michael says he can't remember either but I, I'm pretty sure that not too long ago they had a uh, some kind of, of road race in the last couple of years where it had some snow but they were able to race on there at the Glen uh, 11 35 here on WGR sports radio 550 Dave Buchanan and WGR's fast track. Uh, eight oh three oh five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. We'll hear from Mike Janis here in just a moment. Uh, forgot to ask uh, Robert Wickens, Cool to catch up with him and, and talk some hockey there too. Uh, with uh, of course Robert uh, from Toronto, just like his teammate James Hinchcliffe. Uh, but forgot to ask him about. Big news for IndyCar this week. They've got a new TV package for 2019, and uh, all the races will be on NBC and NBCSN, which is one of their current partners, but a handful of races are still on ABC ESPN, including the Indianapolis 500. But this will be the last year that the Indy 500 will be on uh, ABC because starting in 2019, uh, the folks at NBC Uh, We'll be taking that over. So some big news for IndyCar. We'll talk more about that in a minute, but right now let's go to the hotline and bring in from the uh, NHRA Pro Modified Division. He is, of course, heads up Janssen Racing Engines out there on Transit Road. Mike Janis joins us on the line. Mike, it's Dave Buchanan. Great to talk to you once again.
3: Uh, Good morning, Dave. How are you doing?
0: Doing great. And just wanted to... Get you on here and first off just say congratulations what a a great start to your season last week there at uh, Gainesville Florida the Gator Nationals uh going all the way to the finals and losing to unfortunately losing to Ricky Smith there in the finals but I guess if there's one guy in the field that you want to you, you may want to lose to it's a guy like Ricky who's just as accomplished as you are when it comes to pro modified racing.
3: Yeah, he's definitely a good racer. Uh, we're just so excited about the whole season coming up uh, you know I mean right from uh uh winter testing in Qatar, uh, so it's just uh, really, so far, turning out really good.
0: Yeah, I want to ask you about that in a minute, about going to Qatar, but first off, just last weekend at Gainesville, huge field of pro-modifies, what was like 30, 40 pro-modifies, and just to make the field alone, Mike, that had to be a huge accomplishment. I think qualified six overall, but that was a stout field of cars last week.
3: Yeah, that's about the most cars they I've seen since, like, 2001, a mm-hmm. field There was probably out of the 35, there was 30 cars that could have made the show, and, you know, at any one given time, it was definitely a a slugfest for first round, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. That pro modified, uh, racing, you talk about the number, you haven't seen the numbers like this since 2001, as you said, but, uh, that division ha- has really, like you said, it's, it's come back to prominence. It's really taken off and it, it, it was getting a lot of attention. I was, uh, I was watching some, some, uh, preview videos on NHRA.com leading up to the event and there's just a, a lot of excitement surrounding the division. Can you figure out why it's, uh, become so popular here over the last couple of years?
3: Well, I, I think the uh, every, you know, you have the turbos, the nitrous, and the blower, and we're all really, really close. They have the rules pretty close. Uh, the fan base, I think, for pro Mod is greater than any other class out there. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, it, it's exciting to watch. It, exciting to drive for sure, but uh, just to, to watch to see a turbo against a blower and run neck and neck and have a good race where years previous I think you you know the turbos dominated, blowers dominated, you know nitrous, you know, so on. Uh, it's really close racing. I mean, every round, like Ricky went, Smith went, you know, 580 every single round. You know, he was he was the guy to beat right there. You know, just a very consistent car. I th-
0: I wonder if maybe some of the, the changes to Pro Stock uh, have kind of maybe taken some fans away from that class, and maybe you found a few more fans in Pro Modified just because the fans didn't like some of the changes they made to the Pro Stock cars.
3: Yeah, I'll agree with that 100%. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they definitely lost some fans when they they s- switched over to the fuel injection. But uh, like I say, the, the fans are you know incredible. I mean, the west our following with the Western New York fans is just uh, you know it's unbelievable. Actually, you know that we can draw that many fans that aren't even associated with racing that pay attention because it's a you know local local guy doing it. You know.
0: It's, uh, pretty cool yeah definitely so you mentioned going to qatar first off just for the fans that don't know uh how did how did you wind up going to out to the middle east in qatar to do some some winter testing a couple of months ago how, 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 how did you land there besides taking the airplane to fly over there
3: <laughs> well last year we had uh gotten a, a sponsor for uh, 2017 from aap which is al avi performance mm-hmm. and uh and he he has a series over there in the wintertime, uh, that you know a, a four to five race series. This year it was four. That uh, you know they haul in cars, fly them over, and they have their own cars over there, and they they put a race on. I mean it's second to none. The racetrack's just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's the, so uh, he asked me if I wanted to go, and well, sure. You got to you don't know, give it a try once, and uh, it was definitely an experience, and uh, love to do it again.
0: Did you do uh, any? I, I don't know what you could do for sightseeing out there, but did you? What did you do? Maybe while you were relaxing out there in the Middle East? Oh,
3: very little of that, believe it or not. <laughs> we uh, we had three days off in in the five weeks that we could. Actually, went and did some sightseeing. You know, different malls and beaches and stuff. And, yeah, uh, yeah. It was a pretty, you know, if you love, you know, a racer's dream to just uh, race and test every day and you know naturally we had to work on a car that was a you know a job but uh, just to be able to stay there and race and you know every single day you know the weather was consistent you know
0: uh how diff- how was it tuning the cars i'm sure the folks you worked with there at Elenabi are used to, to to running engines out there but what what was similar to like how you would maybe tune a car to run somewhere like phoenix arizona or was how was the atmosphere compared to tracks where you run in north america
3: Actually, uh, the weather, the barometer, and the weather conditions were very close to what we have here. Okay, being a little bit drier at times, but uh, no, it was uh, you know 1500 feet of correct altitude. You know, I mean, it was pretty darn close to you know when we came back and went right to Orlando testing. You know, it was uh, wasn't much different. Track was killer, though. Every you know every run that they had the track prepped and. Naturally, you don't have the cars running like you do over here, mm-hmm. you know. So the track was in tip-top shape every single every single run we made, which was good. You could test stuff and not have to worry about the racetrack.
0: What's up next for you on the NHRA schedule, or or, or what other what other events have you got coming up?
3: Well, uh, April twenty second, twenty first, twenty second is Houston, Texas, and uh, then the following week, a back-to-back race is Charlotte. So uh, you know, we got a few weeks off, and we'll be right back at it. Those two uh, weeks there, and just really looking forward to getting the car back together and uh, fixing our our little mishaps we had in the final round there.
0: Do, you guys don't the pro bots don't run the four wide at Charlotte, do they? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. We will be running the four
0: wide. Oh, okay. What do you think about that running four four abreast like that?
3: Not, not not a real big fan of it. <laughs> uh, just for the fact that you know you're trying to stage the car and uh, you have the other guy far left. You can't see him. What he's doing? To, you know, and uh, it, it's l- last year we basically got burned down on the line. Just no one's fault. Just he, you know, he had a guy that wasn't staging properly, and uh, you know the car heated up, and uh, it's not. It's not good. You know, I just personally don't care
0: for it. Okay. Uh, lastly, uh, do you have any? Uh, have you talked to the folks at Lancaster? You got any local dates uh, on the schedule? Maybe later on this summer. I don't
3: yet, but I uh, sure would love to get out there again. I mean, it's nothing better than getting out in front of the local fans and, you know, giving them a show. Uh, you know, we showed up once there last year when the Street Outlaws were there. That's right, yeah. It's just, it's just awesome, you know, with the, the fan base that's in this area, you know, and, and it seems like the last two or three years, uh, the drag racing and circle track at Lancaster has really come back good, and I think that is part of the management that's going on there. but. Uh, it's it's coming back and it's really great to see.
0: Yeah, definitely, and I appreciate you stepping up last year, helping uh, helping us out with that Street Outlaw show. And one of the guys could make it. Uh, I wasn't there, but the photos look cool of your pro mod next to the the El Camino there. That that was a nice shot. But thank you for helping us out with that last year. Uh, last thing before I let you go, Mike, uh, what did what did you think about uh, Jim Oddie's induction into the uh, the Drag Racing Hall of Fame recently?
3: Oh, it's absolutely you know. He deserved it. You know, the guy's been uh, there forever, and uh, he stopped by him and Freddie at uh, Gainesville, and we had a nice conversation, uh, you know, through the years. We're great competitors, and uh, it's just uh, great to see him get the award, you know, well-deserved. Sure.
0: Very good. You guys, uh, some of some of, the, some of the greats that have uh, come from Western New York, and uh, you guys, and Dan Fletcher, and uh, Dave Schultz in Motorcycle, and, and just uh, Mike Swinarski, just some of the guys that have gone on to big stuff on a national stage that came right out of here in Western New York. Mike, appreciate the time. Again, congrats on the great start at Gainesville, and best of luck the rest of this year at, at, on the NHRA Trail.
3: Okay, Dave. Thank you so much.
0: All right. Mike Janis from Janssen Racing Engines and the NHRA Pro Modified Division. Uh, Appreciate his time this morning as uh, he got off to a great start, as he said, uh, making it all the way to the finals at the Gator Nationals last week. We come back. We'll uh, wrap up this week's edition of the program. Uh, Still squeaking, squeezing a few phone calls. 803-0551-888-552-550. We'll talk briefly about the start of the Formula One season and uh, their not-so-great start with TV fans here in America. We'll talk about that when we get back here on WGR. Hi, this is Kurt Busch, driver of the Haas Automation, Monster Energy, Ford Fusion. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. 1150 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Dave Buchanan wrapping up this edition of Fast Track. Uh, No Fast Track next Sunday. Of course, it'll be Easter Sunday, so have a great Easter with your families. We'll be off. NASCAR will be off, so enjoy the Sunday off. We'll be back in uh, two weeks uh, here on Sunday mornings on WGR. Um... I was at I was at sportsman's Tavern last night over there on uh, at Granton Amherst and I'll tell you what I don't know they they might be the only establishment in Buffalo that has a Dale Earnhardt senior uh, mural on the wall behind the bar uh it was just my second time there but if you if you ever go to sportsman's on the the lower level there the uh, the ground floor bar there there's a big Dale Earnhardt senior mural on the back side of the bar I don't know if that was there Put up by the people that run Sportsman's or if that was just there when they, they opened the place. But, uh, still, it's, it's a really neat thing they have there behind the bar, but had a great time. See my, uh, friend Scott Cellini and, uh, the great Paul McCartney tribute show they had there last night. Also, uh, Matt Young, who works here at Intercom, part of the Scott Cellini band. Uh, great job with them and Beatle Magic. Great time out last night, but uh, I still uh, remind. I hadn't. I'd only been there one other time, but forgot they had the big Dale Earnhardt mural behind the wall there at Sportsman's. Uh, finishing up the point about the NBC uh, new TV or, or the IndyCar deal with NBC and uh, their new TV deal, as I was saying, the Indy 500 will be on NBC starting in 2019. That ends one of the longest sports TV partnerships in history. The Indy 500 had been, had been on ABC since since 1965, and even before that, they would show clips like on the Wide World of Sports. So, and the only TV. Sports uh, event that's been on the same network longer than the Indy 500 on ABC is the Masters has been on CBS since I think the late 1950s. So this, this is the, this was the second longest partnership with Indy, fi- the Indy 500 and uh, ABC. So they will uh, be, it'll be all on NBC and NBC SN next year, uh, with a handful of races on the Peacock network, including the 500 and then NBC SN picking up the rest. And they're going to have all the qualifying and practice sessions on their app, but it'll be the the NBC Sports app, but you'll have to pay extra for that or something. I don't know. They'll announce it, I'm sure, next year. But great for IndyCar. They found a a full-season TV partner, Uh, not that they're deal was terrible with NBC and ABC kind of splitting the rights these last couple of years, but it was kind of obvious that the NBC presentation was much better than the ABC presentation, although as much as I love Alan Beswick, uh, I'm not a fan of Eddie Cheever. Scott Goodyear is okay, but Eddie Cheever eh. uh, and their shots of the wives and girlfriends in the final laps of the Indy 500 are kind of annoying too, so I so I got mixed results on social media, seeing some responses to my tweets about that earlier in the week. Uh, some mixed results, including but many IndyCar fans kind of happy that uh, the Indy 500 will not be uh, on ABC starting in 2019. Speaking of TV deals, though, Formula One has a new home in America, ESPN, and it made its debut this morning. I should say not last night, but this morning in the wee hours as Formula One kicked off their season in Australia. And ESPN is instead of NBC's the NBCSN that's done it for the last couple of years. They've done a great job with their own broadcasters, including uh, the great David Hobbs and uh, Lee Diffie. Uh, calling the races, um, ESPN and ESPN Two are, are kind of taking the cheap route, and basically they're cu- carrying it, but they're not hire- They didn't hire their own broadcasters, and they couldn't even get Bob Varsha to do it. Uh, they're just taking the Sky Sports feed out of England and just just putting that up, the simulcasting that here in America. So uh, and and uh, apparently it got off to a rocky start. I only caught the mid part of the race. I didn't see the beginning, but apparently the first twenty minutes of the broadcast were. Full of technical difficulties uh, in the opening stages, and a lot of people were kind of disappointed that uh, there, there was no American-based broadcaster, even if it was guys in a studio calling calling a race, which is what NBCSN would do. They, would, they wouldn't send people to the races. They would have them broadcasting in their studios covering the race, except for they'd have one pit reporter that would, would report in from wherever F1 was at. Uh It was just strictly the Sky Sports feed, so a lot of people were kind of disappointed with the coverage and were really upset about the technical difficulties, and even ESPN this morning released a statement apologizing for the technical difficulties, and they'll continue to work on their package, but... We'll see how it goes with the F1 uh, back on ESPN. The race for itself, Sebastian Vettel um, got lucky with some strategy late in the race and a late race caution with uh, our virtual safety car period, I should say, and picked up the win over Lewis Hamilton. Uh, Ferrari getting two out of the three podium spots with Kimi Raikkonen finishing third. Daniel Ricciardo and Fernando Alonso uh, rounded out the top five. Tough day for the Haas F1 team out of America. Uh, Both Roman Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen, the part of the race I watched, were battling for top five positions. And then all of a sudden, within a span of two laps, both cars dropped out of the race with mechanical issues. So a tough start of the year for uh, the Haas F1 team, which again is owned by Gene Haas, which is half of Stuart Haas Racing in NASCAR. Uh, Fortunately, a rough start of the year for those folks. But uh, no surprises there on the podium with Vettel, Hamilton, Raikkonen and uh, well, Botas finished eighth, so not a good run for the Mercedes but you had the couple Red Bull cars and Alonso had a good day too finishing 5th so uh, good to see that result there it's so the Formula 1 kicking off their season so and again that is on now on ESPN not sure actually I was talking to Roger Christian who if you don't know Roger Christian over at Star 102 is a huge F1 fan if you didn't know that and he's trying to find out when they're going to replay the race so he can catch it uh, I didn't want I didn't spoil it for him which I have famously done on this program with Ron Fellows uh, thanks for listening. Uh, good luck if you have to try and hide watching the race from your boss tomorrow, which I'll be doing. Uh, but hopefully uh, they get both races in tomorrow. And uh, again, I uh, wish they could do it under the lights. I was so looking forward to that truck race. If they were going to run it tonight under the lights, I think that would have been awesome. But that'll be something left we'll to wait for another time to see uh, – um, one of the top three series of NASCAR uh, racing under the lights of Martinsville. Actually, my ultimate dream would be the modifieds, of course, going back to Martinsville and racing under the lights. That's what we really need to see is a modified race back in Martinsville and uh, under the lights especially. Uh, thank you for listening. Have a happy Easter next Sunday. We'll talk to you in two weeks here on WGR. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage get cox internet powered by fiber with america's fastest download speeds it's internet built for tomorrow today cox always building better cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection speeds vary and are not guaranteed cox terms other restrictions may apply analysis by Ookla of speed test intelligence data fixed median download speeds usq3 2023